0: One, Michael, master, we screwed out.
1: it up. We just practiced this 20 <laughs> times. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm Cliff Barnes, and I'm obsessed with Westworld, so we're gonna talk about it, guys. Episode eight, and Cliff, you said that there's no way that this show expects you to. Keep up with all the crazy stuff that was going on. You're like I, I will say like have some theory and you say there's no way they expect people to do that.
2: I'm sticking with that. And
1: I think you're gonna be <laughs> so wrong. Like Nothing
2: would... happened in this episode that would prove otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to tear all that down.
0: Denada. <laughs> <laughs> Can eh. I start out with my crazy ass theory?
1: Oh, okay, go for it.
0: I messaged I messaged Seth and I said Alright, Westworld's happening on the ocean floor And he's like, you're nuts And I was like, well I need to revise that Because if you remember where there, there's a scene Because I've been sharing the violent delights
2: with Well there's my... no ocean What do you mean there's no ocean? It can't be on the ocean floor there would still be an ocean
0: Well, I'm gonna get to that I, well, hurry like, it up <laughs> well because I read where the the creators were big fans of like Bioshock and there's actually an Easter egg of in Ford's office of a uh, head for, from one of the characters from Bioshock so I started thinking about that and hypothesizing that the scientists that were working on this property had to be in an area that was free of laws there's always the government always wants to get in and say you know you can't do cloning you can't do this you can't do that so same thing along with Bioshock. I think that the original first bottom level is on the ocean floor and they have made an artificial island going all the ways up to wow. you have the top is Westworld because the whole corporation exists under Westworld. Because they're always downstairs and they go up into Westworld. So I'm thinking like going that's why people don't go down to the lower levels. <laughs> and the same thing with like cold storage is well let's we will get onto all issues. this
1: yes <laughs> when when you're proven right well then we'll get into all the details of how you were right how about we worry across that Ooh. that waterless bridge when we get get to it hey also i'm i'm going to be pointing out that you know i was saying there's two time frames and i was like well I remember there's three time frames well the, There's kind of four time frames, guys.
0: (laughs) I think there's like five or six.
1: Well, there's four that they're they're basing everything (laughs) on. So let's just get to it, because we got a lot. I'm going to go through the episode, and we'll discuss things as we do. This episode was episode eight, and it's called Trace Decay, which is a theory that suggests that new memories are created through a chemical reaction in the brain, and that this new mixture of neurochemicals begins to undo itself within thirty seconds unless that new memory is rehearsed. So that's why we can like recall something traumatizing from your childhood, while we can't remember what we ate yesterday. You
0: know? And is that the same principle as that we're not really remembering the original memory? We're remembering like us the feeling. Remembering.
1: You're remembering the feeling, the the emotion that was attached to it, okay. and that's gonna that's gonna go through this episode, um, like the traumatic experiences. So that it's they're echoing
0: to- through the host. Yeah.
1: Oh, everything. This whole show is repeat, repeat. Everybody repeats everything they do. They do over and over. Um, so hosts like they have traumatic experiences, but that Ford will just wipe it away with a few taps on the screen. Um, except like we have Maeve and Dolores and, you know, others doing things and remembering what they're doing. Um, there's a lot of grief in this episode, and you see, you know, it is attached to people's becoming alive, it, it seems. And it, the Man in Black points that out later in the episode. So, we'll get to that. So, we start out in the present, and Bernard is back online and realizing he killed Teresa. So, this is one and of the... also
0: knowing that he's a host.
1: Yeah. he he's We're in the present timeline. So he's upset, and for you know, it's funny that he is a host and he is so emotional. And what we, and if you look at the people that we think are humans, mm-hmm. are the least emotional yeah. creatures in this world.
2: Especially Ford. Yeah,
1: Ford has no emotion. He's like, "You killed her because I told you to."
0: And yeah. Ford's almost envious of him because of the emotions that he can actually feel. Oh, he's mm-hmm. impressed yeah. more
1: with what they've made. You know, he says. You should feel proud of these emotions because you're the author of so many of them. Now, he's saying when we started, the host's emotions were like primary colors, just love and hate. And I wanted all the shades in between. And the human engineers weren't up to the task. So I built you. I captured that elusive thing, heart. We captured it, basically. But So he's saying that he's talking to Bernard and saying, you helped uh, me. I built you and we did this but you can't believe everything he says. So he may be referring to what I think is Arnold before helping him do that. Or there may be some truth to this and we just don't know. We don't have more information. It definitely caught me off guard when he said that. And it does, if he's talking true, it does poke some holes in the theories. And he says about, you know, he, you know, he, he had said, Bernard was like, why'd you make me kill her? And you know, He's a one man's life, and I think he's referring to Arnold, was a small price to pay for the acquirement of the knowledge I sought, for the dominion I should acquire. And that's a direct quote from Frankenstein,
2: you know, which is,
1: you know, which is what he is. He's Dr. Frankenstein. He says, all the beauty we created, they, referring to Dalus, the corporation, would have destroyed it. Besides, we have a new story to tell. And Bernard just freaks out and jumps up, and he's going to attack him, and he freezes him. He said, Arnold felt the same way. You couldn't stop me. He couldn't stop me either. As great as this emotional display is, it's even greater to be able to shut it off. And he's basically like, Chill out. Now I want you to go cover your tracks for where he killed Teresa. And he's, you know, Bernard's now under his control, and how would you like me to proceed?
0: And going back to that picture of supposedly Arnold and Ford, like how you mentioned that there was another person in it. And since I've been rewatching the episodes, looking back at that, that picture's off center.
1: Right. There's room for another yeah. person, definitely. So I think somebody's gonna be in it. Whether it is, you know, someone that looks like Bernard or not, we'll wait and see. I think we're gonna see it next episode. That's my prediction. So it says clean up your mess when you're finished. Then I will free you of the memories of what you've done, and your relationship, you know, with Teresa, and she'll just you'll just remember her as a respected colleague. So he goes around and collects all the evidence, and er he—it's
0: creepy what he's able to do. (laughs) He can erase
1: himself from the screen in the hallway, which you know, that was made me think like what what that's, and it kind of shows that they see down, you know all the hallways, everything that's going on. They so, so how day. did they not see what the heck Maeve has been doing? I don't know. You know, they,
0: well, I think it's all recorded. Yeah. I guess you have to like, be looking for it. Yeah.
1: But anyway, he says he, he does that. He pulls letters out that he notes that he had got from Teresa. And of course I stopped and read them. Yeah, everybody did, did, didn't they? No. No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, they were just notes like, oh, this is... He has
0: tweezers Mm. when he watches this show. (laughs) (laughs) I do.
1: So, basically, they said things like, it was notes from her saying, oh, this is the only way we can communicate. You know, trust me, they see everything else we do. You know, so, he, you know, he's like, she was saying, you know, meet me here or last night was great, that type of thing. No real information out of it. And then he takes all that stuff and incinerates it. Then we see, we're still in the present, we see Maeve at the Mariposa, and the player pianist playing House of the Rising Sun, which is a song about brothels, you know, from way back.
0: Now, is that the song they played at the very first episode? This,
1: no. Okay. I this is still, this is the okay. first time we've heard that. And then we realized there's a new Clementine. We should have known they were going to replace yeah. Clementine with somebody the same new. same
2: clothing, too. Yeah.
1: And this just really... Oh, I
2: didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah same, oh, exact yeah. same outfit. Yeah. And
1: she has the same lines and she's coming talking to mm-hmm. Maeve. And Maeve is like, realizing, like, why invest any emotion in any of these people? This is her friend. And now she's just been replaced. There's... it. Why would you... How could you love something that can just be recast?
0: Right, and because she says exactly every same all the same lines. Right.
1: So she uh, she's saying, you know, yeah, the, not much of a rind on you, and all this to a guy at the bar, but
0: <laughs> which I'm so sick of that line. I know, yeah, she says it.
1: That <laughs> that's Clem's favorite line. So anyway, Maeve has a memory of her daughter, you know, from her past role, and she's in the lap, and she's asking about her daughter and to to Felix and Sylvester the cats you know and they're are explaining that she recalls memories perfectly you know she her her she's turned all the I way like up.
0: I thought this right here explained all why we're seeing all these multiple timelines because you don't because it how they explain how their memories work versus mm. our memories that will be a reason to explain why if you're They're saying split that up. yeah
1: if you're saying that we are seeing someone remembering them i guess yeah. i think we're just seeing the times you know but she i think it's she's remembering things so clearly because she's turned up all the way
0: which in a previous episode they did have um what's the girl's name that went missing oh, elsie elsie when she was first looking at her she tuned up tuned up her um Some of her settings. Oh, okay. Like it wasn't much, but she had tweaked it a little bit.
1: Okay. So she says, well, why was I reassigned in the first place? Maeve wants to know, you know, and we find out later why she was, but Felix said I could check. And then I really liked this. Maeve was like, no, because she knew it didn't matter. Whatever reason was, it was, it was nonsense anyway, whatever they did. It was a reason to keep her there. And she says, I- "I'm getting out." And Sylvester's like, "Go then," because he's thinking, "You have an explosive in you, and I would love to see you just walk out of here and explode mm-hmm. and be out of my hair." You know, and she but she's she kn- like
0: such a smug, and he's like, "Any any chance he can get out of this, he doesn't care."
1: Right, and she's like, she knows better because she's she knows everything. It seems like, and she she says, "Yeah, I know about the fail site fail safe," and he tells her it'll, t- it'll take a full rebuild to get it out and Felix says you'll still need an army to get out, and I kind of know where she could get an army, but we'll get to that at the end. You know, and, old storage? Yeah,
2: so, Yeah, but if the Joker could figure out how to bypass that in Suicide Squad, surely somebody <laughs> in Westworld could.
1: <laughs> so Maeve says, yep, I'll need administrative privileges to get my army, and Sylvester doesn't want to give her control of other hosts, and she says, Yeah, it's time to write my own effing story. You're going to do it. So then we go to the past. For anybody that hasn't listened before, we're on to the multiple timeline timeframe. This is our our second timeframe in this episode that we'll see. This is, well, we'll say, 30 years ago. And Dolores and Will are still traveling. They've left Lawrence. They're getting close to home, she says. And it's going to skip through some different time here Um, but anyway she's walking they see bodies on the beach and the the first thing i would say is as if i need it to be proven anymore about will the man in black they wear the same shirt they both have the same gray shirt on with like a texture on the front of it you just don't see the front of man in blacks very often this same very same type of shirt gray, gray shirt and then Will's kind of says, Ghost Nation did this to these soldiers. It's a bunch of soldiers, you know, laying on the beach. So
0: They were confederados. Yeah,
1: and and one of the survivors wants water. And Will, who's a hard-ass now, <laughs> it seems like he's like, no, you know, this guy came to kill us. We, he just said he came to kill us. Logan had sent them. Logan had joined up with these soldiers and said that these, you know, pointed out Will and Dolores and sent everybody after him. And so when she goes, she she's very sympathetic to the soldier, goes to get water. And when she gets down to the water, we see the present where she is. We're back to the mm-hmm. present timeline where she is doing this loop by herself. And if she he looks
0: back and calls out for me. He's not there.
1: Right. She turns yeah. around and nobody's there. There's no bodies. Nobody's there. She's doing this loop in the present. 30 years later than back with Will. And she's remembering, I think, she sees herself in the water, laying there yeah. dead. So, I'll explain that, how I think that comes into play. But, she hears, come find me. And then, then she turns and sees, you know, the she sees Will and them again. So,
0: I thought Will was going to kill the kid. He was like, he was so over it and he was just like, you just thought I was waiting for a bullet to ring out while she was over there. Getting yeah. Fired. Well, I think he
1: did do it. I think yeah. he did. I think it's very, pretty clear. He looked awful guilty when she came back, the guy turned his head and he said, Oh, he's gone. Uh, and she looked at him ac- accusingly. And, but you know, I don't know what he did, but I would definitely think that he shut the guy off or something. Um, so then we go back to the present and Teresa and, um, Stubbs, Teresa's dead. There, Stubbs says she was found dead, fell in the woodcutter's ravine, trying to transmit data. So they have planted the body out there, <laughs> of course. Yeah. You know,
2: of all places, right?
1: To try to say she was trying to get information out of the park, which she was. You know, so it's I, convincing. I felt like that
0: was like a red herring on Ford's part. He's like, I know what you were doing, mm-hmm. and here's proof.
1: Yeah, it was. It was to show. It was to kind of threaten Charlotte and Charlotte. Just, I mean, it seems like she believed that that was what happened to Teresa. She doesn't know that they murdered her because later she says something to that to that effect. Okay, and, and she, uh, but she is smart enough. I like that her character was smart enough to just not engage with Ford. She said, you know, Ford, uh, you know, Charlotte's like, do we know who? Well, first off, I want to point out that he asked if the family was notified. Teresa's family and Stubbs says, yeah, I notified her brother. Okay. If that did not matter, he would have said, yeah, I notified her family period. The fact that he says her brother, I still, like I said, last podcast that she is going to end up having been someone significant, you know, in the future, we will see who she was related to somebody. Definitely. I hate to say that she, you know, there isn't anybody else to claim she was except we've never seen Juliet, you know, And uh, her brother could be Logan, you know, but I don't know. I don't really think that's it. I'm just saying I have to think of some avenue to explain it. Um, I don't know, but I think she's somebody because last time Ford made such a big deal about they sent you like they're needling at me. Anyway, Charlotte wants to know if they knew what the data was intended for and Stubbs says no, but Teresa was loyal and Charlotte. Charlotte agrees she was loyal, you know, to to the corporation. She just didn't like the new narrative that Ford was doing. And Ford's like, well, that explains why she did this Clementine hoax. You know, it was clumsy. And when you find a cancer in an organization, you must cut it out. And uh, Charlotte's probably shaking in her boots a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, Bernard will be reinstated as the head of behavior and charlotte doesn't argue and ford is also he's he's going to take over safety protocols he's just going to automate things which sounds like that won't be a problem at all i'm sure Jurassic mm-hmm. park yeah um so and we see Maeve. she's finished programming some of her new powers and sylvester's like well you're, she's you're like a super user now yeah almost <laughs> she's 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 leveling up but silver's like you're still limited and she's like she realizes then that she's got dormant things in her head, just out of reach that she was meant to do. And she's like, rem- kind of remembering things. that she said, "Who's Arnold?" You know, like almost like she's 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 so opened up in there that she's even seeing like maybe the deep seated thing that Arnold has hidden in her. I think that he's gonna. I don't know, Michael. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying that she's. There's, I think it's this Arnold code or something. The ghost in the machine, like we've talked about. So, he's like, well, Behavior's the only ones that can take care of that. Go bother them. And she's like, you take me there. You guys can do the changes. They're sophisticated, but I'll write them down for you, you know. And then I'll be someone else's problem.
0: She (laughs) is so stole the show from Dolores. Like, yeah. Just because I, I was going on and on earlier about how powerful acting, you know, f- by Evan Rachel would... did I get that? Yep. Name right? yeah, wow, time. but she's just completely. Ugh.
1: So Sylvester conspires to break her when she's under. Which we've said for a couple weeks. Why didn't they just break her? You know. But well, the main thing reason they didn't is because Felix doesn't want to break her. You know, and he he is very sympathetic to her. He obviously see feels that she's got some humanity to her or something he He's and,
0: turned into a lab dog.
1: And well, yeah. and the biggest thing I think is that when we first saw them and Sylvester caught him trying to code her, he was like you're never going to like move up the ranks doing that. You're not going to be anything. And now Felix feels like he is a part of a very big thing happening. So he kind of likes that. You know,
0: and that could be something in the future as the seasons go on, like seeing him rise through the ranks.
1: I really like that character, like actor. So then we see Man in Black and Teddy. We're still in the present here, and their Man in Black's like saying, "Isn't there some sort of short, sort of shortcut to get to Wyatt?" You know. He's like, Teddy's like, this is the way we go. And he's like, well, you only remember what Ford lets you remember. And that's an important line because he really does. This is, a, this is the first scrap where I'm going to build a case at the end of this podcast to tell you my new big theory. and But he's saying, you only remember what Ford lets you remember. And the man in black is saying, the game is rigged. The house always wins. You're here to be the loser. And we flash, Teddy, remembers something from episode one. He remembers mm-hmm. the man in black looking at him and calling him a loser. He's a like loser. Like
0: poking a dead body with a stick, and the dead body grabbing you. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and so Teddy is Teddy. This is kind of my thought. As they are following the path to the maze, like I said, Dolores, the the path is the maze. The that is the goal. You are gaining consciousness as you travel the path.
0: In the end, we're gonna find out Teddy is Wyatt. <laughs>
1: We'll get to what we get to at the end. <laughs> Michael's going to try every theory as we go through this to try to figure s- it out before I say. Your... It. He's uh, he's not going to. But anyway, he's uh, he's gaining a bit of consciousness as he travels the maze to the center, and he says, "That's
0: something we keep seeing as they get further outside the town. More stuff seems to unravel. So in every possible way,
1: he says, we 'We're in Wyatt Country now.'" Well, then they go around the corner and there are bodies. It looks like Wyatt's been through here. The man in black sees a survivor. The only one still alive. It's not a—it's not an accident that this girl is laying there. And it's Angela. The This is a girl who was in episode two. She is the bot that welcomed William to the park. She's the one that helped him pick oh. out his hat and help, helped him pick out his gun and oh. said, does it matter if I'm a host or not? If, you know, and, and what does the man in black say to her when he sees her? It's you. I figured they retired you. Of course, Ford never likes to waste a pretty face.
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: Michael just got boomed.
2: Yeah, I didn't pick that up at all. Nope.
1: We've seen her in one other timeline, too, that I'll tell you later. She is in three times. Okay, so, White's men did this. They killed everyone, she says. So... Teddy says, that's Wyatt's way. I was there the first time. Okay, so Teddy's saying he was there the first time that Wyatt killed everyone. He destroyed my world. Now, Teddy's memory is unreliable. We know that. He only knows what Ford wants him to know. Um, But then they get attacked by these guys with horns. These are like, do you remember I always equate this to a video game. These are the mini-bosses. Before you get to the to the Bowser, you know, to the Remind the big me boss, of like a
0: Minotaur or something.
1: These are these are the uh, <laughs> these are the guys you got to beat. They're going to be tougher to to kill, but you can kill them. Before we thought they couldn't kill them, but they they're it's hard to shoot them. He shoot Teddy shooting them and not killing them, but yeah. they they you know the man in black stabs him the guy in the back. Teddy axes him in the front. Now, Let me
0: ask you a question.
1: Yeah, when Man in Black ro- throws a rope around him and starts dragging him, exactly like he does to Dolores in the first episode, it triggers a memory in Teddy again. And he he's like, okay, I know that you hurt my girlfriend. You know, so he Man in Black yells, get the axe. Teddy kind of wakes up, goes over, kills the guy, the horned guy, and then whacks the Man in Black with his gun. I knew when he picked up the gun by the barrel, he was going to hit him with it, you know and he he's like, and I Seth's do. Seth's done that before. Yeah. He's tested whip what... a few oh, people. Oh, heck yeah. I
2: call those guys the Poobahs. The Poobahs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, did you see that picture I yeah. made? I was like, this is
1: going to be perfect. So check out the picture that goes along with this episode. <laughs> but anyway, the, uh... When the Poobahs attack. <laughs> <laughs> so the horn guys are super tough, but they can be killed, we know now. But anyway, now Teddy has, like, taken Man in Black In the custody, I guess. So then we see Maeve, and the guys are wheeling her to Behavior. That's where they said they were going, was Behavior to take care of this. Well, did you notice that now Felix and Sylvester, since they are trying to get into Behavior unnoticed, they're dressed all in black outfits, just like, in my theory, we saw Arnold... We see Bernard, but I say it's Arnold back at the beginning, dressed all in that exact black outfit because he that... is part of behavior. And Elsie wears a black coat yeah. like that.
0: Well, rewatching the episodes, like in those scenes, he's wearing like a black smock type thing yes. that's like a oh, different yeah. type of jacket or whatever. Yep.
1: So Maeve wishes Sylvester good luck. And then as she's being shut off, she's looking at him. It's like the coolest death stare. She's looking at him, and then she gets shut off. And you are like, it was just, it was, it was awesome. There is like, you
0: know, you are the whole time. You are like, there is no way she's off.
1: (laughs) He, He is creeped out by her. So then we see Sizemore still in the present. This is the guy that tried to write the Odyssey on Red River. Now. Ford gave him some busy work. He's creating basically Wyatt, he thinks. Yes. And they've got he's got some host there eating a leg and he's trying. He's, got to, a leg. he's trying to write some
2: uh, I think wh- he
0: was looking for or uh, writing a cast member for The Walking Dead. Yeah,
1: basically. <laughs> so Charlotte comes in and inter- interrupts him because she's looking for any kind of help. And she explains about Teresa falling while trying to help the company. And that's where I say that I think that's what she really thinks. It doesn't really matter what she thinks, but she's saying she was trying to help Dalos and she's walking in front of a whole display of stuff. And you see where the, some drawings of the guys with horns, where they have created these mini bosses for this, you know, adventure. So then she says, Ford is just keeping you busy. She's telling him you're wasting your time. He's done with almost done with the narrative. He dug up a a town on the fringes of the park. This is the church town. Mm -hmm. He's like, He's like, you're ready for a real job, though. She tells him. So then we see Maeve. She jumps up and scares Sylvester when he's thinks she's out. Like, like we said. So Felix did. He Sylvester finds out that Felix did what she wanted him do because, like I said, I think he just likes being involved in it. And doesn't want to kill her.
0: So did they go through with the surgery and move the explosive? Yeah. Okay. It, it's done. Okay. That's
1: why she had to be put under, but Felix didn't let her be. For totally, her. yeah. Out long enough, basically. So
2: hmm.
1: he can't just kill her because he believes she's alive, so. and she knew Sylvester's plan, of course. So it messed with him. And Felix tinkered with her core code. She sho- she shows him now. I can do this. And she grabs a scalpel and slits his throat. Cause, like Michael pointed out, when she was standing at the bar a couple episodes ago, she's holding a knife. Yeah. Every time you see her, she's got a blade. She likes because people things. repeat, repeat, repeat. Everybody repeats the same thing that they do. She's constantly slitting slit throats. So, scalpel meat. Be- slit
0: throat. Okay. Er, slitter, you you thritter, work on that. What?
1: You work on that. Okay. Third so, she, <laughs> so, she she, slits his throat. You know, remember the greyhound story? Yep. What what happens when they get loose? They're going to kill the cats. what she do? She slits his throat. So she's the Greyhound. The hosts, I think the hosts are, you know, what he's referring to in that story. But Felix is like, wait a minute. You said you weren't going to hurt anybody. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, of all people, you know how duplicitous I am. Just wait till I'm back up on top practicing my other new talents. And, you know, so.
2: That was pretty crazy, though. He grabs the that little cauterizer. Gun. Yeah. And
1: as we see the, yeah. how far technology has come for Ford has said before that there is no sickness anymore <laughs> and things like this. Now we see how awesome that is. They can just cauterize him up and he's supposedly, you know, maybe if he got a little blood, he'd be right back because in shape.
0: She just didn't like slip the outer skin of his yeah. throat. It was,
1: yeah, he lost some blood. He could tell he was still conscious, like shaking. just knew he was in pain, but she, they, she still feels like she might have a use for him. So now it's time to recruit my army, she says, and practice her new skills she does as we see her back up top, starting her day, her Groundhog Day that she keeps doing every day. And we hear the song this time on the player piano is Back to Black, just like that. Paint it black in one of the first episodes and Black Hole Sun. They love the songs that have black in the title. And one the this is Amy Winehouse song. And it's got, I'm
0: waiting for them to do Ice Cube. It was a good day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, Amy Winehouse song, it's I've, I've Died a Hundred Times Before, it says right in the lyrics. So, you see her walk by the Hector poster. She goes in, stands at the bar like she always does, and now we find out, oh, she owes on her tab. I hope this guy you're waiting on is going to pay your tab. Well, She starts flexing her muscles and says, Maeve's tab was in such excellent standing, she deserved a tr- token of gratitude. And all of a sudden, the bartender changes his tune and offers her a double round on the house. So, she's starting to realize what she can do.
0: She's the narrator
2: now. Right. Yeah. But it was it was funny to watch it like you, light up. and Yeah, her. you could see him kind of process it.
1: She looks out the window, though, and kind of gets taken off guard as she sees the girl that used to play her daughter come walking by the window. And, you know, she felt a little emotional about it because for 29 years, she was the mother to that host it was only a year ago we find out that she became you know the runner of the mariposa but she's not going to get sucked into that she's on a mission she knows it's all a bunch of garbage nothing matters she said that at the end a couple episodes ago nothing matters she said to hector so she tells the new clementine the girls to go help the customers tells the bartender to water down the whiskey in the back goes outside here comes hector he's got the blanket over him we know all know what his what he came to town for mayhem
0: like this this whole scene was just like she's like let the dog has it have its day yeah
1: this is this guy's finally gonna get that safe you know (laughs) the sheriff judged the rider riders to be upstanding god-fearing citizens she tells the sheriff and and armiston shoots the sheriff anyway (laughs) i like that she's like whatever Uh, The marshals practice quick draws on each other, she says. Hector whistles, because he's like the coolest outlaw that ever walked the land. He doesn't whistle, and the horse just drags the safe right out of the Mariposa. So then we see...
0: I guess I was wrong. He's good at three things. He can whistle, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I happen to be a fine whistler. (laughs) Um, So, Ford and Bernard. It's time to make him forget. And this is a good conversation there.
0: This was an awesome conversation. Yeah.
1: So he, he's cleaned up the mess. There's no more clues that they, that he had him kill Teresa.
0: And this is like having a talk to God.
1: Yeah. Ford's like, can we can continue the narrative now without interference? And Bernard's like, well, what about Charlotte? He's like, well, she will try, but we can keep them at bay. I think, you know, and I love the look that, this is so Anthony Hopkins. This is just a little thing I like. He looks over at Bernard and just gives him a quick, like, condescending smile. Like, you know, it's just—I've seen him do it in other movies—and just he is so good. Like, I'm so glad that he's on this show. I love him. So Bernard notices in him because he is just full of emotion. He says, "I something else is troubling you." And Ford's like, "Ever the student of human nature." He said, like, "What are you feeling, thinking?" Unique position of knowing how you're coded, you know, you you know how you're coded, and you know what you're feeling. What how how do, before I erase all this, how you know how do you feel? And Bernard says, I understand how I work, but not how I feel. Are they real? Were my wife and son real? These memories I have of them. He's like, they're your backstory. Your imagined suffering makes you lifelike. The suffering where they have taken away people's pain, their memories because the pain is what lets them feel he just talked to his wife a couple episodes ago you know his fake wife on the holophone or whatever that you know that wasn't real but he was talking to her she's like wouldn't you rather just forget everything to Bernard and he was like no because that's all I have left of my son I don't want to not remember that or not feel that pain that's what makes me feel and so your backstory is you know imagined suffering and Bernard starts to explain you know it's lifelike, but not alive. Pain only exists in the mind. He totally understands how these, how he himself and the other hosts work, and all hum, humans are the same. They only pain exists in the mind. It's always imagined. So what's the difference between my, my pain and yours? And Ford says the same question consumed Arnold and filled him with gu- guilt and drove him mad. The answer was obvious to me. There is no threshold that makes us greater than the sum of our parts. Consciousness does not exist. He—that's according to Ford. It doesn't exist. We're the same as you, basically. Humans fancy that there's something that makes us more alive, but we live in loops as tight and as close as the hosts do. I told you last week. Don't I? I I get up. I go to work. I go to you know. We just do the same thing, just like these hosts. We don't have a. We don't even question it. Content.
0: I call living in your bubble.
1: Right. We're we're cool with doing you know what we're told. What to do next. So my my friend, you're not missing anything at all. He says, time to set your mind at ease. But Bernard says, one last thing before you do that. Have you ever made me hurt anyone else?
0: Of course not. Of course
1: not, he says. <laughs> and then what do we see? We flash and we see Bernard.
0: Did you, can we, could you tell who that was?
1: Elsie. Are you serious? Yeah, it was Elsie.
0: Oh, come on, man. Sorry.
1: <laughs> There's, of course, it could not be, but... She's down it, in that hole is. with the woodcutter. It, it, it is her, but I have theories here. Okay. I'm going to explain this, and I'm going to tell you what I think or what could be. Because my first instinct was that, obviously, he's lying to Bernard, and he, and he did have him kill Elsie. Because who knew she was at that theater other than them? She told Bernard, and anything Bernard knew, Ford knew. So... Bernard was there. She even says Arnold before she gets grabbed, and it shows him picking her up and choking her out, basically. Or you know, picking her up. We until you see a dead body, people aren't dead. I'll tell you that in these kind of because shows, because it just seems like it seems like her arc isn't over. And like
0: her, her hair was different, like styled, and like I, the clothing. All my thought like it was,
1: I thought it did look like her getting choked out. Like people are going to look yeah. a little different, <laughs> but the thing is when i got to thinking about it this is kind of important what possible reason would there be for ford to want her dead right she was only thing she was doing was exposing what teresa was doing right so there was no there was no reason to me that she should be killed what i think when i look back at that you know 10 more times i saw it i believed ford in that moment when he said no i didn't have you hurt someone? I think maybe Arnold had Bernard do that okay. to Elsie, and that I don't necessarily think she's dead. Okay, like he took her maybe and put her somewhere
0: because he asked if he made me hurt anyone right. else. He didn't say kill.
1: Well, yeah, and he and I don't even know that Ford knows anything about it. I just don't. I don't know. I think that's probably one of the reachiest things I've got on my list here. I don't know what happened to Elsie. I could also easily see that this. Obviously, we know that the the host that was being manufactured in the basement while Teresa was getting killed, and we said, well, it could be just a replacement for Teresa. It's obviously not that. Yeah. That you know, I said that might not be. It could be a, you know. Right now, we find out later they're just saying that. Still sticking to the story that Elsie is on vacation. So if she comes back, is it going to be the host that they make? You know, if they did kill her, or if they did put her somewhere, is this host? Gonna be? Is she gonna be replaced? I don't know. I think that's a reach. I still, I don't think that they want to do that. I think she might still be alive, and I still don't know who they were. You
0: have, I was gonna say, do you have any theories on who's being crafted?
1: I do have a theory, but only because I've seen a preview of the next episode, and so I really I feel like that's a little bit of cheating. I don't think it's Elsie. How's that?
0: Okay.
1: Um. So anyway, that's that.
0: That's that, he says. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, so he says, I'm going to race you so you don't dwell in these memories and lose yourself in them as your fellow hosts have done. And he's speaking of Dolores. And these guys, the editors of this show, shove this stuff in your face if you pay attention. as he says, so, you, you know, your fellow hosts are losing themselves in the, the memories. And the next thing we see is Dolores walking along. And now we're going to see... So three different time frames in this next scene. So try to keep up. And it's, I watched it, you know, several times. They definitely, that's where, where Cliff is saying, like there's, they don't expect you to know, be able to follow that. Well, you can't follow it watching it one time. I'll tell you that, but there's a lot going on here. And I really do believe
0: Michael's counting on his hands right now. <laughs> I, I really do believe
1: what, I, what I'm going to say here. So first we see the past. It's thirty years ago. Will and Dolores are walking. Dolores says, We're here and looks over to where the town would be. But then when you see over her shoulder, that very next shot, seeing the town, that is the present. But Will is not standing beside her, but you can't tell. I'm you know, she's seeing yeah. she's seeing the ghost town, basically. Okay. She says, I'm home. And then we see the past. We're back. Will is there beside her. And you see, you can't see what they're looking at, and she walks away. And then we're in the present again, and she is by herself, walking alone up to that ghost town.
0: Because later,
1: there it's buried. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you listen, to what I'm saying, it really makes more sense because it was so confusing at the time. So she walks up to the ghost town alone. That's in her loop now, repeating all of that. Nobody's there. Then we see the further past, 35 ish years years ago.
0: 34 years and
1: so many months. Okay, we'll call it 35. Home, when they were happy, the town's full of people. She's in her blue dress. She's returning from wherever. I say she's returning from whatever Arnold had her do. He wanted her to follow the maze, even back then. She's returning. We see the exact view as when Ford was telling Bernard about the first three years. We see that exact shot of the mm-hmm. girl walking with the parasol. And you know who that girl is? It's Angela. It's the girl that welcomed William to the park. She also was there 35 years ago playing this character. She's also playing the victim there on the path of Wyatt, the trail of blood that Wyatt's made. She She's in three different time frames herself. So we see Maeve there also dancing. She's learning to dance with everyone else. This is 35 years ago, before she gets to spend 30 odd years as the mother of that daughter until the last year. And we see Armistice in a pretty dress dancing around. She kinda gets gets, you know, gets away from her partner. And that, you know, this girl has to get her to go back. And but that's Armistice just playing a different role, an original role. And we hear the church bell. And Dolores turns and sees Lawrence's daughter walking up. You know, she who the the host that played Lawrence's daughter later. Now, in the original thirty-five years ago, she's in a pretty dress. She says, "Did you find what you are looking for?" You know, when Dolores was gone, following the maze or whatever Arnold had her do, according to my theory. And then we hear screams and gunshots. The girl runs. We see people getting mowed down by a gunslinger. You know, off we see barely can see anybody. Um, I'll give the theory at the end. Then she sees herself putting the gun to her head, like it's a memory, mm-hmm. and then we see her now. Well, not now, but we see her thirty years, five years after that. We see her with the gun to her head with Will, and Will's like, you know, she's having all these memories and it's screwing her up. And he stops her for, before she shoots herself, and so. we see the buried steeple. So, like we're saying with Will, it's. When she's with, well, the city, the town is buried at that time.
0: So, is it possible that the gunman that came to town and shot everyone was sent by Arnold to start the first round of fear and pain in them? To
1: I think that's a thought. I don't think that's it. Joel Brenner. Joel Brenner. Yep, from the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna explain it all at the end. Not that I'm right, but. You know how I guess. So we see the buried steeple. The town's buried. She's freaking out. When are we? Is this now? I'm going mad. Are you real? He's like, Of course. She's like, I'd
0: want That was to some mighty fine acting right there.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's a good Dolores impression there. And that's a nice blue dress you're wearing too. So she's like, It's like I'm trapped in a dream or a memory from a life long ago. And Will's like, this place is not good for you. Your I just tr-
0: wanted to slap her. Just for- <laughs> Get a hold of yourself.
1: <sighs> so, you're married to my sister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: go slapping girls, <laughs> they're nice. No, because- that's
0: the that's comedic, you know. Okay, they- don't, don't
1: pound the tape. Right. So, Steeple Church. We we see her, like, have these weird memories. It's flash, flash, flash going through the memories. You see her, see the steeple. Then see the church with the steeple. Then see somebody turning some handle and see the map the girl drew in the dirt. And Dolores is like, this is what Arnold wants. He wants me to remember. And she's talking about, you know, Arnold, Bernard Arnold, she was talking to in the basement. And Will's like, Arnold's not here. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm getting you out of here. And they leave. They run away. And I'm like, no! You went all that way to get to this point. And now you're leaving. And I basically think this is where this loop goes wrong. This is where all they did up to this point, it's all its all downhill from here. Everything's going to go wrong from this point for them. This is what is going to lead to the man in black ha- having had a terrible life. So we see, you know, Dolores is like, that was the place. Arnold was going to meet me there. And he's like, no, we're going back to Sweetwater. And we see Logan and the soldiers... He's like, you two are effed. <laughs> you know, it's over for you guys. And I'll say how I think that's going to play out. In the present, we're back to the present. Cold Storage, Charlotte and Sizemore. She takes him down and seems to randomly choose Peter Abernathy. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I they could have given a better reason for that. She walks yeah. through all those people and then randomly picks him. You Who know, You know, he's glitched. This is never going to work, whatever they've got planned, you know. But basically, the gist is this, what you're supposed to take from that is she's been trying. Teresa was uploading information from the park that they needed. These transmitters could only hold so much now. But we have when you have a totally wiped host their you know, hard drive could hold all the information. Thirty five years of information can be t- right out on a train, right out of this park. All she needs Sizemore for is to write the story for this host to get him out of the park unnoticed. You know, that's that's the gist. I don't know how, you know, I do they not know he's going to blow up when he's riding out of there? I think they know that, so they must know about, like, an off switch that I don't know about. Mm. And if and if uh, Maeve finds out this off switch, she's going to be shutting off a lot of people in cold storage. <laughs> Anyway, that's how that works. I think Sizemore is a grand candidate for dying by somebody blowing up. You know, he's that that character is such a tool that you just know he's gonna die. Then we see Bernard and Stub stops him in the hallway. He's like, "I'm glad Stubbs you're back."
0: Is another guy that changes his clothes awful lot. He
1: does. He really does. And I, I and,
0: and it's and it's like, but it's minuscule. It's like yeah. undershirt or no undershirt. Yeah.
1: And like I've said before, I've thought, I've said, why well, I think he's a host or not a host, and I still don't see a reason why it would matter at this point whether he I is don't, or not.
0: Based on this interaction, I feel like he's. I not agree, a host. I agree,
1: I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I he's real a real thinker. I think this episode, like like you're saying, I, it made me feel more like he was human. Um, he's glad you're back. He he knows he feels sorry for Bernard because he knows he had a relationship with Teresa, but. Bernard's denying it because as far as he knows, he just got erased. She was just a good colleague. You got it all wrong. Stubbs sees everything on the cameras. He knows that's not true. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be looking into this. Yeah,
0: he's picking up on the vibes. And when he got fired, you could see him flinch in the previous episode where he was like, really?
1: Yeah, he's going to be looking into, there's something sketchy going on. So then we see, we're back to the man in black, Teddy and Angela. That one girl and Man in Black's tied up now. Doesn't have his hat on, and he's
0: like, "I'm not dying this episode.
1: I'm the captain <laughs> now." So, <laughs> that's what you think. So, anyway, Angela said, "Wyatt said the land belonged to something yet to come." Man in Black, you guys are in the same new narrative. You know, he's like making fun of him. You guys are part of some, you know, the story. You don't even know. Teddy's like, "I want to save Dolores." Wyatt wants to claim the earth. Or burn it to the ground, and I don't know what your deal is. I'm not sure how to make you talk, but I got, I got. I'm gonna try this, and hits him. You know, he says, "I remember you taking Dolores." And Man in Black's like, "You're remembering stuff, you know." He's like,
0: "This is like the first time the Man in Black is like caught off guard." Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, Something "That's crazy." New. Yeah.
1: He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, "You're an idiot, Teddy." He's like, "I really, do you really think that?" Dolores drops that milk can for you. You know, He's like, you just hand her over to guys like me. You're a glorified pimp. And then of course, he gets hit again for that. But basically, that's what's happening. Teddy just turns her over. He doesn't
0: have a choice. You think that milk can's for you. Yeah,
1: I liked, I love that. And Teddy's like, I'm going to kill you. And Man in Black's like, no, you can't. The rules here hold you back. You can kill me if you wanted to. But I know how to change it. Like, he's been preaching this whole time. He wants to get to the center of the maze so he can let them have a fair shot. Teddy's like, you speak like you own this world. He's like, "He's like not just this one. You want to know who I am? I'm a god, a titan of industry, a philanthropist, a family man, married to a beautiful woman. We find out for 30 years. And, of course, it, I assume it's got to be this Juliet that he yeah. was married to. Father to a beautiful daughter. I'm the good guy, Teddy. Well, it kind of was on the outside world. At least the shell of him was a good guy. Then last year, my wife took the wrong pills, fell asleep in the bath. Tragic accident. Thirty years of marriage vanished like a deep and distant dream. The funeral, I tried to console my daughter. But she pushed me away, told me my wife's death was no accident. She killed herself because of me. She said that every day with me could be sheer terror, that at any point I could blow up or collapse like some dark star. Okay. So you kind of get a vision of what that life was like. He here here's here's my take on that. When the man in black looks at Teddy all the time and says, You're a loser. The game's rigged. He's got one finger pointing at Teddy and three fingers pointing back at himself. He 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 feels like the game is rigged. He's the loser. He lost when he was here 30 years ago. Whatever's gonna however it's gonna play out with Dolores. And William in the past, they're caught by Logan. I think she's going to end up laying in that water, dead. Yeah, and he's he's not going to get what he came there for. He's not going to get that relationship with her that he was falling in love with her, and he spent thirty years begrudging that, trying so, to build a wall of good deeds.
0: In a way, when he's talking to Teddy, he's talking to himself, right? Because he looks as Teddy as his replacement. You find you find
1: what, the fault you find in someone else. You are thinking of your own faults. And Teddy's like, did you hurt them too? You know, he's like, never. They never saw anything like the man I am in here. But she knew anyway. My daughter said, if I stacked up my good deeds, it was just an elegant wall I built to hide what's inside from everyone, including myself. He's like, so I had to prove her wrong. And that's why, a year ago, I came back here. Because that's what this place does. It reveals your true self. And just like Jordan said, you know, one of our guys on the podcast was saying, you know, we were talking about it's like playing GTA five, you know, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto. You go around, you can run over people, you can kill people, you can do whatever you want, you can torment them, you know, because they're just bots. But how you pretend, May be careful, is that maybe who you are. If you don't feel like some a little, I, I know when I play a game like that, I'm not interested in doing that kind of stuff because not for more than a minute or two. Just run around chaos, killing all the, you know, making, playing, a, think of any video game, whether it's Sims or whatever, you know, and tormenting these because characters.
0: Because regardless of what you're doing, you're pretending, like, while you're doing it, you're pretending you're that character. You're getting, so for that right. brief instant, you're mowing down those people. Right, and it's imaginary people have said, wrong. "What?
1: how is he bad if he's doing this to these bots they are just bots? Well, it's still, I'm not comfortable with it.
0: Well, oh, just yeah. like one of them going, like one of the um, uh, guests, like just walking up to someone and like killing someone just to Logan. see how it feels. doing that like, stuff, yeah.
1: It's, you're sick. You know, but anyway, but at that time I didn't join one of Ford's stories. I created one of my own. A test, a very simple one. I found an or, ordinary homesteader. He's talking about Maeve. We see it, you know. So right then we see Maeve back at the Mariposa. She's taking a drink and she tells Clem she's finally getting out of here. And she goes walking into the street. And then, then we see the man in black again. And he says, I want to see if I was truly evil. See what I was really made of. And Clem, the new Clementine, goes running out in the street. Because what's her job? Keep Maeve on her loop. She's, she's not supposed to be going out there and doing whatever she's doing. And we hear gunshots ring out. And Maeve is, starts remembering her past getting stabbed by the man in black and her daughter getting shot. And we, you know, we hear the over, you know, dialogue of the man in black saying, I killed her and her daughter just to see what I felt. Then just when I thought it was done, the woman refused to die and pulled the knife out and she cut him just like she did Sylvester, Cause that's what she does. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And she does it to Clementine at the same time in the present, mm-hmm. because that's just, it's a reaction. That's what she does. Teddy's like, you're an effing animal.
0: I like Man. that. Like, the way he looked at him, looked at him and just said that line. <laughs> cool.
1: And Man in Black says, an animal would have felt something, but I didn't even feel anything. And and he says, and then something miraculous happened. In all my years coming here, I'd never seen anything like it. And we see Maeve carrying her daughter outside. He says, she was truly alive for a moment. And I've got parentheses here. My you know description of that in her grief she was alive mm-hmm. when she felt pain you know or love i think pain and love go together you know this strong emotion and she ying and yang. yeah she she they were alive and he's saying she really was alive you know he he could see it he's like it's it's as Bernard said pain only exists in the mind, even for humans. And it's always imagined if Maeve's sorrow over the death of her child can be called a simulation. It's the real thing. Just as real as it is for us. And that was when the maze revealed itself to me. Ford says, I mean, not Ford, uh man in black says, and we see Maeve laying on top of this dirt maze. Yeah, but it's, this is where, and he's been told this multiple times. The maze is not for you. It's for the hosts. It's for the hosts to gain their consciousness in my you know, and that's what he wants to too.
0: Still alive. That's
1: what he wants for <laughs> for them. You know. He just wants to I think he I think he knows he's been told enough. He knows it's not for him, but he knows at the end he feels like they will be alive. I think just the fact of them traveling the path in their mind, they become conscious, you know. Anyway, he says Teddy set.
2: But.
0: I've just pictured Arnold being Johnny Five from Short Circuit. <laughs> Johnny Five is alive.
2: Little oh, cowboy my. hat on. <laughs> <I don't laughs> well,
1: if you t- if you like an- anagrams, like I said, that, uh, oh. like, uh, yeah, this is a dumb one, but I like <laughs> it. Uh, I said Bernard Lowe, that's Bernard's first and last name, is an anagram for Arnold, and then the letters left over, you could spell Weber. So if we ever hear the last name Weber, we'll definitely be on to something. But also Peter Abernathy, uh, I believe is an anagram for Yo, Arnold breathes. <laughs> 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 or maybe the preferred uh, Jesse Pinkman ver- version, uh, Arnold breathes yo. Okay, so, um, and that was when the maze revealed itself to me. And uh, he says in Ford's game, even if I go to the outer edges, you can't kill me. He's telling Teddy, you can't even leave a lasting mark. There's a deeper game here, Teddy Arnold's game. And that game cuts deep. I really liked when he said that. And then we see Maeve about to get arrested. They're like, she's getting surrounded and she orders, you know, she kind of goes up to the guy and whispers in his ear. Cause she can tell anybody what to do. Yeah. Tells him to go start shoot at him. And she runs off to her room. Cause she's just getting overcome with memories she kind of just goes, stands in her room and is washed with them. And Stubbs is sending a team to retrieve her. So Mave is remembering the past, which is like a year ago. And she sees herself freaking out in the lab about her daughter dying. And they can't shut her down. So they go get the big guns. They get Ford and Bernard and they come in there. And we see on the little screen that her cognition is heavily fragmented. So Ford uses his iPad to play Reverie. <laughs> By Claude Debussy, which we've seen before, the reverie, and the music plays. And he says it's an old trick from an old friend, referring to Arnold. And he uses this to fix her, to calm her, and she totally does. And I feel like this this is before, this is a year ago, this is before we saw at the beginning of this season the reverie update that he was doing. Giving Laura Clementine, did a thing where she touched her lip and things, and I think this is like around the time that he got that idea a year ago to start using, calling them reveries, what he was adding and things because he's using this trick that he was taught by Arnold. It's just my interpretation. So she begs, please no. Like I said before, she does not want the pain to go away. It's all I have left of her. And Ford starts to erase her. He is going to pay for this someday. He's going around erasing everybody's pain that they need to feel alive. And it's not going to, you know, he's those,
2: those damn guys in those red and
1: white suits are going to come for yeah, him. Exactly. He's, he's the bad guy. You know, I really feel like that. So will he will give her a fresh start tomorrow. This will be a distant dream. He says, and the, the fresh starts going to be Maeve in the saloon, mm-hmm. but before he can, she desperately, to try to hold on to these memories, grabs a scalpel and stabs herself in the throat. And at that moment, when she wait, opens her eyes to do that, she looks at Bernard and Bernard gives her an, an odd look. Like, there's something about that. He kind of looks at her and grins. And I was like, I don't know whether, I, I pick everything apart. But it was just odd that they made a point of showing her looking at Bernard and Bernard smiling. And then she stabs herself in the throat. I don't know, is there a little Bernard Arnold going on
2: there? I don't
1: know. So if if it turns out not if Arnold looks like some girl, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be eating my words, but man, this was fun.
0: <laughs> or if it goes <laughs> back in um...
1: I just wanna tell you, when what when I am guaranteed to get something wrong because I've thrown so much stuff out here. So when I do and you guys throw it in my face Remember that I'm going to take the opportunity to tell you the 20 things I got
2: right. So don't throw <laughs> it too hard in my face. It's funny because I watch this show so differently than you do. Yeah, I, I would just I,
0: laugh. It goes back because you watch it so carelessly.
2: Well, I'm more interested in the theme park.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like Cliff's, Mike, Cliff's a Disney fanatic, so Ma- Michael's talking about. He thinks it's on the ocean floor. It's not. They've just no, ripped no, no, that no. off. These are utilidors. It's like at the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom is built on the second floor. There's a whole set of utilidors that yeah. they use as access to do things like collect garbage. Yeah. So you don't see that. They the even park.
1: have, like I was on the website, they even diagram out how there are graves. And they'll bury a body mm-hmm. and then they pull it out of yeah. the bottom and go fix it up, put it yeah. back
2: into circulation. Right. And, and reusing these hosts. This, this happens in real <laughs> life in our world all the time. Don't provoke him because he is dying to (laughs)
1: to give his ocean theory again and we just don't have time for it. When they take a... Okay, how
0: do you explain the scene where you (laughs) look down and they're like kind of on an escalator but it looks like it goes down like 100 floors. Because
1: there are... Well, I I get what both of you are saying but when you have more proof than a bunch of floors (laughs) that has nothing to do with the ocean... You know, and,
0: again, why are the lower floors not in use?
1: They used to be. Yeah, they were, and it's just been... they just been... I don't know. It's I don't know yet, Michael. I only have so much information. I try not to reach as far was, as you. Well, I feel like the stuff I'm reaching at, I'm backing it up. Well,
0: it's <laughs> the, the like... Ce- okay. the scene, well, hold on, because I'll forget. But, like, the <laughs> scene where um, Will and Logan are first coming into Westworld, not the park, but the... Um, the outer part of it, like, and they get out into the lobby area. I was trying to see if I can match that up to where they went down into cold storage and you saw the Delos sign. And I was trying to see if that matched up, but I, there wasn't enough to go on.
1: Anyway, so... Let's see.
2: She... Let's see. Sorry. <laughs> Well all what I was stuff. saying was like with the host, them reusing the host. This stuff happens all the time. When a when a ride is being destroyed, they remove everything they could they they can for the purpose of reusing it. Mm-hmm. If you ride Splash Mountain, all those animals came from an attraction called um America Sings. Right. They're just taking it down from where they took it out
1: under America Sings, buried right. it underneath the park. Exactly. And then brought it up. I mean, there. this is
2: just how theme parks right, function. Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. of this stuff. That's why I say I watch it so differently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're looking at it for that, and I, I get it.
1: I, I got news. No, but now people aren't watching it like that. you like, right. you're watching it. But most people are watching it not trying to figure things out. They're just no, confused. Because there's
2: a lot of complaints like, online, like, I'm done with this show. Yeah. I just don't get people it. Don't, people don't want to put it don't have the time. Right. Or want to put in the time. They're not us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cliff
0: is Is watching this as, this is the future of Disney. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm
1: watching it like, this is the most fun. I love to do this. I love to try to figure out. I'm watching
0: it as, this is really our reality. We just don't know it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) because Michael's a conspiracy theorist. And I, I I think, I think that, that, you know, I'm seeing what, you know, the payoff that people are going to be like, very shocked by, you know, we have the luxury of we are not going to be as shocked by all this because we've delved so deep into it The only
2: this. way I'll be shocked is if they go to one of these abandoned floors and there's a huge owl statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Michael's an owl fanatic. Um, so They're watching you. <laughs> anyway, so she stabs herself in the throat because she's desperately trying to d- at least die with the memory of her daughter. So then we see now Maeve was remembering all this. She's in her room. But now she's going to be brought in for behavior diagnostics. And I think, you know, this is going to lead probably to her being put in cold storage. And like we said, if she can flip off some people's bomb switch, she'll have her army. And, you know, not I'm not sure of that, but I think something like that could happen. And heck, why should turn their bombs off? Let them blow up and, <laughs> you know, cause chaos as she's trying to escape. I, I don't know.
0: The Naked Army.
1: Yeah. Sounds cool. Okay, so Man in Black is talking to Teddy in the present. You think I lack conviction? Wyatt didn't burn my world down. He didn't have to. I left it all behind for this one. The maze is all that matters now, and besting Wyatt is the last step to unlocking it. To give what both of our lives lack, meaning to give our choices consequence, even if it kills us. Angela's like, over it. She's like, kill him. Teddy's like, well, he's tied up. You know, she's like, he killed that little girl, he said. He's worse than Wyatt's men. So Teddy points a gun at his head. And of course, like the man in black says, he can't shoot him. He can't do it. She says, these things take time. We haven't got much left. Perhaps I can help you out. And she pulls an arrow out and stabs Teddy with it. And he falls down. She's like, you've been gone a long time, Theodore. It's time you came back to the fold. Wyatt will need you soon. And a whole bunch of hooded and horned dudes with swords and they guns and out axes out of nowhere. come out, and that's how the episode ends.
2: Poobah nation,
1: Poobah nation. That's right. Um. So <laughs> here's where we get into all the theories. You know, I've kind of said quite a few of them, but I'm just going to go into. Here's my theory. You ready, Michael? You tried to you tried to spoil me earlier. You tried to throw theories out there, any chance to spoil it, but you didn't get it right.
0: All right, let's You're close.
1: It. You're close. How's that? I'm gonna go through it, and don't interrupt me.
0: Okay. Before.
1: Oh, uh, you're <laughs> gonna, you're gonna spoil it. Here, he's gonna take a last ditch effort. I'll let you. Go no, ahead. it was
0: just based on the um, the guy that's in cold storage. What's his character's name?
1: Peter Abernathy.
0: Okay. When he freaks out on Ford, I swear he says metal hands, like saying Ford's metal hands. Like I have no idea. He says something like I that. I didn't
1: I don't remember that, but I'm gonna but, look now. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, you know, no, he, okay. Pay attention. Church town, are you with me? Thirty five years ago. Okay, so anyway, Ford uploaded Teddy. In this this time, in the present, he uploaded Teddy and he said Wyatt Wyatt went missing. You know, so now Teddy Teddy has this Wyatt story story in his head. It's not true. He he's got in his head that Wyatt went missing and came back with some pretty strange ideas and the voice of God in his head. Ford said that the Wyatt story he uploaded to Teddy was based in truth though. You know, it's based in truth, but I don't think that it's totally true that Wyatt did this. But, but remember, when we saw Teddy with the Gatling gun, after he recalled mowing down a bunch of people, he's like, I'm a killer. And he started mowing down people with the Gatling gun. He remembered himself, and he sees Wyatt. Remember them converging on the street, shooting all his people. Wyatt's walking up the street, mm-hmm. shooting all these people. Teddy's coming the other way, and we finally see that Teddy was shooting people. He says, I'm a killer, and he grabs a Gatling gun and starts killing people. He gunned down the church town along with Wyatt. But Ford only lets you remember what he wants you to. He wants Teddy to remember the other killer as Wyatt. As a character he just implanted to make Teddy follow this path to save Dolores. But Wyatt isn't that guy in Civil War clothes. Teddy did come down the street shooting people, and someone else did come down the other street. That person is not the fictional Wyatt. That person did go away and come back with some pretty strange ideas and the voice of God in their head, bicameral mind. And that person who came the other way, Wyatt's way, we saw this episode. Who came walking up that street? Dolores is Wyatt. You just got boomed. Dolores, Del- <laughs> now so I they're know they're
0: the Adam and Eve of the bicameral mind. <laughs> you know,
1: when we go back and we're going to see what happened thirty-five years ago. However, it goes down, and I could, you know, I have guesses how it goes down, but I really just don't know. But it's basically a war between Ford and Arnold. You know whether we know Arnold died? Maybe did Dolores kill him? Did did she? Was she so close to reaching consciousness? And the last thing you can do is to be able to kill someone. Did she, did he have her kill him to, you know, complete that consciousness at the time? I don't know. Or, and did Ford step in and cause all this chaos? He told Teddy when, when he was programming him, you were brought here to stop this stuff that Dolores was doing. That's when he brought Teddy in was 35 years ago where we thought it was not that far back. We're finding out in this episode that it was that far back ago that, Teddy came, I according to my theory, and that Teddy was there, and Teddy, I, I believe that Ford has caused Teddy and Dolores to ruin what Arnold had going there, and mow everybody down in this old town. We the reason I'm saying a lot of this is because so well, like not. like Michael was easily able to pick out that it was Dolores when I said that because we saw her walk right up that street, and the perspective. Is exactly what the perspective where Wyatt was standing when we see those memories of Wyatt doing that.
0: So it's not so it's not necessary that Teddy is there to keep Dolores on the loop. It's they're there to keep each other on the loop so they don't go off their loop. Okay, how's
1: this? Okay, I kind of I sent this message to someone earlier to try to explain. I said I think that in the beginning Arnold wanted hosts to be conscious. When they reach that point of consciousness, the center of the theoretical maze, their mind, they'll be able to kill. And the man in black also wants this. I think maybe Arnold proved that Dolores reached that point of consciousness by maybe having her kill him. Uh, I I I know I'm reaching, but Ford hates her for her involvement. What do you, she says? What would you say? We were old friends? And Ford says, No, Dolores, I wouldn't say that at all. He told her a few episodes ago. He doesn't like her that it's she has taken Arnold away from her by having caused this trouble. Whether, even, whether it even may, meant that he had to kill Arnold. I don't know what caused Arnold's death for sure. But sure she was involved and he doesn't like her. So the man in black slash William, in the past, will, will, we will see. He will not get to have his happy ending with Dolores. I think Logan and his men are going to lead, Dolores, lead to Dolores ending up face down dead in that water. Like she remembered. So now, the man in black, after having been beaten by Westworld 30 years ago, even though he tells Teddy he's the loser, he's talking about himself, he lost 30 years ago. And his wife and daughter suffered for suffered his unhappiness for it. He tried to cover it up with good deeds, but it didn't work. And now he's back, and that's why Ford has allowed Dolores, he's allowed her, the one who he himself hates, because she led his fr- to his friend Arnold's undoing, to retrace her loop, by herself, back to the newly dug up church town that he just dug up, so that the man in black will have to face the object of his affection. Not Wyatt. He's going to have the man in black face Dolores and let them maybe take each other out? Or maybe the man in black will be content if she has the power to take him out. What better way to go? I have an optimistic co-worker. I'm going to give her a call a shout out, Alexis says, or maybe it ends. They meet each other at the end and love each other. <laughs> Which I, I, bless your heart. I, you know, well, in one like I'll come. I'll come to Michael, the Michael is right there with you
0: because the reason why the Men in Black always treats her the way that we've seen is because she's not in the same level that he is used to her being, and he wants her to. Like this is the great love that he fell in love with thirty years ago in this short amount of time. Like he felt hopelessly in love with her, and knowing that she is what she is, if she could reach that ultimate consciousness level, she would be alive, and it would make his life and his existence of everything that he's worked for finally valuable. Yeah i I don't
1: know what's gonna happen. This is
0: this is basically this whole this whole show is the mannequin. The movie, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually watching the Truman. Sh- I was watching
1: Truman Show uh, earlier oh, yeah. today, and He's I was like, like, "Are you kidding me?" It's got freaking Ed Harris in it, yeah. and Jim Carrey's talking about people being on a loop, going around, coming, walking by his mailbox. I was like, "Everything I see is Westworld now," <laughs> but I felt like I had a case for it there. So as we wrap this up, I just want to say, you know, yes, it sounds like I'm nuts. I got all these crazy theories, but. You know, you have to admit some of them sound realistic. At least you feel like part of it's going to at least have the vibe I'm giving out here. And I have other thoughts, but I don't want, I'm reaching when I get past what I've already said. And I don't know. I don't, I just don't feel like I have enough information to tie it all up with a ribbon. Maybe after next episode,
2: I'll have enough more. I mean, I'm really interested. I'm more interested in the Ford versus the board of directors I think that's what we're going to get into next
1: season maybe yeah that's I honestly think they have like crafted for uh, an audience member like me a perfect season like they're going to have so many mysteries that I was able to if applying enough effort and pressure figure out to my you know pleasure and from what I hear they're going to wrap a lot of it up in the first season I hope that that isn't all they got in the gun because I think, I think I'm think i going to, I feel like I'm going to look back and say, well, the first season of Westworld was great.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know that they can duplicate this. How
2: many shows do we do this with? Yeah.
1: But, and if that's all I get, if they wrap this up in the next two episodes, to my satisfaction, I will think, oh, great. I had one great season. Of Please don't be
2: heroes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do, yes, exactly. Don't, do, if it, you know, don't ruin You're jumping it. the shark out yeah, of yeah. out the gate. I feel like, you know, at this point, I, I don't think they're going to screw it up as long. My biggest thing is it all has to make sense when they do finally put a bow on it. I want to be able to look back. Someone like me that looks at every single detail. I want to be able to explain to myself why that works as a story. I don't want to find discrepancies. And so far, that's what I'm giving you. When I give you answers here, I'm trying to include everything uh, to give you an answer that makes sense, you know, with what information we have. We don't have all the information. So we have been recording forever. I know this is like the craziest, most in-depth Westworld podcast of the hundred of them that are out there. But Ours is the best. I, I, think it's, I think it's the best. <laughs> it's the most entertaining, at yeah. least. So do you guys have anything to add before we sign off? Uh, there's going to be two more episodes, at least two. We're going to give you two more episodes and then we may even do a wrap up episode about the whole season and what we, where we think it's going to go. But we got the penult- ultimate episode next week and it's episode nine. It's called the well-tempered clavier, which is a reference to a solo keyboard composition by Johann Sebastian Bach. And it basically means the well-tuned string instrument. Which the player piano. It could also be just a host, which are seem to be made out of the same type of thing. If you watch the credits at the beginning, um, and, and and I assume that song will probably be played. You know,
0: and that's uh, the episode where the piano is sick and tired of just sitting there, and it transforms into this robotic killer monster uh, sound wave.
2: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> and with that, I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton.
2: I'm Cliff
1: Barnes. (laughs) This is no Disney, Cliff. (laughs) I'm Crazy Westworld South, apparently. Thanks for listening.
2: Poobah Nation.
1: (laughs) One love.